Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Your Bibles to Acts chapter 10, the verses just read. And notice with me the application of the theme for today, which is listening. Listening. It is an important thing that we are listening people. I said today, one of the greatest compliments that you can pay to anyone is to listen to them. Because when you listen you to them and they know it, you are valuing them. They feel that. They understand that. They appreciate that. Furthermore, when you listen to people, you learn things. And learning is what listening is all about. So we need to be people who constantly learn. Therefore, we need to be people who continually listen. When I think about listening, there are a number of things that come to mind. Let's put it this way. When we listen, we should focus, as I said, on the person who is doing the speaking. Now, I thought about it really obviously this morning, and those of you who are gathered with us, but if you have in the past, does anybody here think that Cam Pence is one of the greatest listeners we have in this church? I think he absolutely is. If you were not here, you didn't get to hear, well, I take that back. If you were online, you heard it. You didn't get to see it necessarily. But Cam listens. I don't know if he does it to anybody else. I can only say about me. Whenever I fold my Bible, he folds his Bible. When I raise my voice, he speaks to me loudly. And when I am soft, he's quiet. When I hold up my hands, he's got his hands up. Cam listens. He focuses. He sees what's going on. And that makes a difference to him. We should be listeners like that. A second thing I thought about listening is when we listen, we are filtering what the other person is saying. We are filtering whether they are being figuratively true or literally true. Our grandson, Jarrett, is a great example of this kind of listening. Austin the other day asked his family if they would like for him to pull out a frozen pizza for dinner. And Jarrett said, Dad, I don't like my pizza frozen. Can we warm it up? If you're not listening well between what is literal and what is figurative, you're not going to get the message. Listening is important. Now, how about this one? This happened to me just a little while ago, not too long ago, a few days. One morning, Becca was gone earlier than I, and I made up the bed. Later that day, she thanked me. She said, thank you for making up the bed. That's what she stated. You know what she didn't state, but what she was saying? Make up the bed from now on every day. I heard it. 
When you listen, you hear what is stated and you hear what is not stated. I heard it. We have those kinds of things that happen all of the time, don't we? Because listening is a talent. Listening is a, a necessity. Listening is a valuable source of information, of relationship, of connecting to people. Therefore, we should be good listeners. We learned this morning that Apollos is a great example of a leader who was a listener. By way of the evening time, oftentimes now what I'm trying to do is establish a principle in the morning and then do a practical understanding of it at night. And so tonight I want us to apply the principle of listening by answering this question. How are you supposed to listen to a sermon? Well, I want you to go to this text that is in front of us. And I think from this text, at least for me, I think this is a text that tells us how to listen to a sermon. So notice with me, if you will, in this story, you know, you've already heard the reading, and it's about a man named Cornelius. Let me give you the first point about how to listen to a sermon. And Cornelius is that kind of man. Number one, to listen to a sermon, prepare for what you will hear. Prepare for what you will hear. Now in the text that James read a moment ago, he noticed the connection or the, the statement about what Cornelius said had happened to him. What actually happened to him is recorded at the beginning of chapter 10. Cornelius, as you go back, was in Caesarea, a man named Cornelius, a centurion in the Italian band. Notice the kind of man he was. He was devout. He feared God with all his household. He gave alms generously to the people. He prayed. He said... To Paul, he said, or to Peter, one day I was in this fasting time and I was in prayer. I was here with the Lord and it came from God by an angel that asked me to call you to come here and preach. The story shows that Cornelius and his family were gathered to hear the message of Peter. But notice that they were gathered to hear a sermon, but Cornelius had already prepared himself for what he would hear. He had prepared himself for what he was going to hear. He was already a religious man. He was already the kind of person in his mind who was wanting to have whatever it was he could get. Fasting was a practice, especially among the Jewish people, of connecting with God. But fasting is something that happens across many cultures and many religious groups. Fasting is that which gives you a chance to disconnect from the desires of the flesh and connect to the desires of the Spirit. When it is done properly, fasting can produce that kind of closeness 
connection with God. And the idea is that when the stomach says, I'm hungry, feed me, you interpret that as, I am in need of being fed spiritually, and therefore you do that, you back off. And instead of eating food at that time, you eat the food of God through prayer and through study. If you want to listen to a sermon well, prepare for what you will hear. I often have people ask me how to do their own Bible study. What are the kinds of things that you would suggest in order to have a continuous Bible study on my own? Well, here is one that I would give you that fits this point. At least by Wednesday every week, I put out what the sermon is going to be and the texts that I'm going to be using. If you want to prepare to listen to a sermon, mine or anybody else's, it doesn't matter, find out what's going to be taught and read it ahead of time. It would be great if everybody had already read these texts before we got here on Sunday. Not for any other reason than to have more connection, more relationship with the passage. You will have already had your thoughts that you gain from the passage, and I will give you mine. And that's a deeper opportunity to grow. And when you're already connected to the text, when you already have a familiarity with it, having prepared for what you will hear, I think your time in preparing will help you listen to the sermon better. It fits all aspects of worship. If we're going to come and worship God, someone has said, you can't come on Sunday with a mindset to worship God when you've been playing with the devil all night on Saturday. That makes sense to me. We prepare for the time that we're going to meet God. We prepare for the time that we're going to be in the Word of God. None of us does it perfectly. But if you want to learn to listen to a sermon better, prepare for what you will hear. Number two, notice this man Cornelius. When Peter responded to him, he said, Your prayer has been heard, and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. The second thing you can do to listen to a sermon well, is to live what you've already heard. When we are living the things that we already believe, the things that we already have heard, the things we've already connected with, then hearing them again just reemphasizes it helps us to say, yes, I'm on the right path. Yes, this is good. This is a part of my life, and I appreciate that. I'm listening to that, which I'm already living. But it also, when you live what you've already heard before you hear the next sermon, it'll keep you from being constantly guilty. 
Because if you come to a sermon having lived a reprobate life all week, but you come to the sermon, maybe then you need it. But maybe then you just are confronted with guilt. You don't intend to change. You just want to salve your conscience a little bit by being in worship. That's not what it's about. If we can live the sermon on a daily basis, the types of things you've already preached. And they're good, the things you've heard. They're good and they're helpful, even if you don't remember all of the details. It's truth that sometimes on a Monday, I've had people say, now, what was that you preached yesterday? And I go, let me think. I don't think I remember. I put it in my head and then I have to put it out to get ready for the next one. But that doesn't mean that it didn't benefit. That doesn't mean when you study and you think about something and then you can't remember it. It doesn't mean you haven't benefited from it. A man one time told the preacher after a Sunday morning. He said, you know, preacher... I don't remember a single thing specifically that you've ever taught me. I don't think it's been valuable to me to listen to your sermons. And the preacher said, Well, I doubt you remember the specifics of every single meal your wife has ever fed you. But I'm sure it was good for you to have been there. That's a great thought. And the thought is that this is not so much about remembering all the details. It's about the overall effect that it has on a person's life. Yes, consciously, but also subconsciously. When you live it every day, it is just continually being placed in your life. If you want to listen to a sermon well, live what you're going to hear. And live because you've already heard it. Number three, Cornelius, after Peter talked to him, verse 33, Cornelius responded to Peter. I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come. Now therefore we are all present. Before God. If you want to listen to a sermon well, if you really want to learn how to listen to a sermon, like Cornelius, present yourself to the sermon. We are all present. Cornelius said, I am presenting myself to this situation. What does that mean? It's not just about being present. That is, it's not just about being in the the presence of the preaching of the Word of God. It's about presenting yourself to the sermon. It's about saying, this is going to be for me. I'm going to get something from it. How about this phenomenon that I'm sure has happened to you in your life as a Christian? 
for all of these years you've read and studied and heard. And then all of a sudden you read this passage that you've read a hundred times in your life and now you see something you've never seen before. I'm sure that has happened to you. It happens to me all the time. Now maybe because we're not connected and we're not seeing what's there. I doubt it. I think it's because the Word of God is so rich and so deep that we come to it with different things happening in our lives, with different emotions, with different mentalities. And with all of those things going on, we now see it in a different light than we have before. And that's a positive thing. Therefore, to say that that sermon, those ideas, that's old hat. I don't need that. For instance, if you know that there's a sermon coming on the subject of being baptized into Jesus Christ. Are you ever tempted to say, well, that's not for me. I did that a long time ago. I don't need to hear about that. I want to hear about some of the tough things of Scripture and combating the controversies that I face every day. Wait a minute. Are you telling me you can't learn anything new, deeper about the subject of baptism just because you've heard it all your life? You won't if you don't present yourself to the sermon. To present yourself means to open yourself up. To go with the attitude that says, I will find something here for me. I love the fact that various things are happening with different people here on that very topic. Particularly there are ladies who do journaling in their Bibles. And every now and then, particularly one will come to me and this is a point that I got out of your lesson tonight. Notice this journaling. I think that is outstanding. I love that. I love little children who come up to me and show me their pages where they have taken notes on the sermon. And they're saying, this is what I got from what you said. I love that so happens that Ainsley is upstairs in the crow's nest tonight. And I'm going to pick on her for just a minute. She's real good about that. You remember this morning I talked about if you're going to listen, you have to learn to be quiet. Well, she showed me her book, her paper. And she showed me all these points that she was writing. Everything happened in church this morning. And then we got to the point where I'm preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching. And then she put the word quit. And I said, Ainsley, were you saying Mike's been preaching a long time, time for him to quit? No, she misspelled quiet. <laughs> she heard it. She just misspelled it. Those kinds of things I love. They make great stories, and I love keeping those things. People who present themselves to the sermon, who say, I'm going to find something in this. Let me give you a a personal admission about preaching. As a person, as a man who's preached for 40 years, it's difficult at times 
for me to listen to somebody else preach. I noticed that a number of years ago. So here's what I do. Intentionally, I keep a piece of paper in my Bible and a pen or a pencil. And while that person is preaching, I am constantly looking for something specific that I can write down that says, oh, that's outstanding. I want to preach on that. I'm listening to what is being said and saying, oh, that's a new twist on something. And then I want to try and go to that person and say, man, here's what you gave me. Here's what I like. This is something that I'm going to use. And when people do that to me, I've had different ones who would say, oh, I'm going to take that lesson and preach it. And I always say, you're welcome to have anything I have for free. The only requirement I have is that you improve it and send it back to me. Give me something else. That's how it is when you present yourself to the sermon. And that's how that you will listen better. Finally, number four. He said, we're all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Present the sermon to yourself. You present yourself to the sermon by saying, here's what I'm going to get. This is what I want to find. This is how it's going to happen. But now then you present the sermon to yourself. Cornelius was ready to hear. Had a man here, used to be a member here, moved away. And he used to tell me all the time, I love it when you step on my toes. Need just more toe stepping. Okay, maybe it's time to step on some toes. Worship, participating in worship, is not a time for you to balance your checkbook. It is not a time for you to plan the meals for the week. It is not a time for you to surf on your phone and figure out how and where you're going to have vacation this summer. When you're doing that, that sermon is not hitting you at all. The worship is not happening. Because you are not presenting it to you. You are in the presence of it, but you're not presenting it to yourself. You want to have the kinds of connection to the sermon, you've got to present it to yourself. Here's what I think is happening since March. And all this COVID stuff we're dealing with, here's what I think is going on. Some have said, and I, I agree with the sentiment, this time has really been tough. It's been tough, and people have pulled away from God. It's caused them to be disconnected and from each other and, and not being able to do. It's been tough. Well, I understand the sentiment. 
Let me give you another thought. I'm still toe-stepping. I think this COVID-19 time has actually revealed who we really are. That really may be the truth. This pandemic may very well be showing each of us who we really are. We've talked about how wonderful is our technology group making this online time available. And they can't get enough credit. If you've surfed around and seen what others are doing, you know technically, technically how high our presentation is. And while I know that it's necessary, because there are people who can't be here, there are people who should not be here. It is one of those things that when we are in this situation, this is a real thing, this pandemic. I'm not denying that. For some people who have health concerns and are very vulnerable, you need to be in that environment. I get it. But I wonder sometimes if the convenience of the online has had some people to let down their guards about their commitment to wanting to be here. I don't know. I'm not judging people. But I'm saying this. I hope that you are praying every day, planning every day. Can't wait till you can get back here in this assembly with these people, not only on a Sunday, but in fellowship time or in Bible class time. If you've decided that you'd rather be away and just be online for the rest of your life. I think the COVID may have revealed something to you. Because worship and the sermon time, if you don't present it to yourself, if you don't say, this is what I need to do, I'm listening, I'm engaged, I'm attentive. Cornelius and his family were. In fact, he was so anxious. They apparently called friends and neighbors and had all of them there to hear the word of God. Listening is indispensable. We can't get away from it. It has been said that listening is so important that God gave us two ears and one mouth. I think he's right. I want you to be and I want us to be great listeners. Because when you listen, you hear, you learn, you know. And from there, we can grow.
Let us be great listeners. Soon, I'll be preaching, giving a few thoughts and lessons on the subject of commitment. It is important that we be committed to God. Given that frame of reference and that mind connected with listening, I hope tonight that you are listening to God through His Word. Listening to God because He presented the message. Listen to me because I'm presenting the message for Him. And listen to make sure that I'm saying what is right. And in that case, if you've failed God, He's ready to take you back. If you've not committed to Him, He stands ready to help. I hope this lesson, this message, will be of value to you going forward as a child of God or as a one seeking to be. We are here for you, not just online, but you can give us a call and we'll help you any way we can. May God bless our nation. May God bless our church. May God bless each one of us as we listen to God talking. Thank you for listening to this sermon tonight. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.